0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Oh, hi. Welcome to another episode of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Shelly. I'm so glad you found us. And joined with me today, of course, is my partner. That is just platonic partner,
0: Serge Boudreaux. Serge, tell me, how has your week gone? Well, I've really gone downhill as far as the esteem that you have for me because I was <laughs> you told like... me to
1: stop buttering you up, so I toned it down a little. Okay,
0: I like it. It's fine. We're platonic <laughs> partners. Uh, I'll I'll deal with that on my own end. So, how are you doing, Shelley?
1: I'm. Do you know what? It's been a great week. It really has. I've had um, some new customers this week, so I'm really excited about that because you know how long that takes. It's a lot of work. Um, but also love, like, I met some new people this week, people that I wouldn't normally have had an opportunity to meet. And that just makes being, um, you know, working out of my house every day, <laughs> kind of, kind of, uh, I can survive it.
0: Well, That's and we have experience. someone really cool for you to meet again I know. today. And I'll Church. introduce him in a minute. But I need you, I need to tell you a personal story that happened to me yesterday. So, oh,
1: Okay. How personal? As you know,
0: I have three Uh-oh. young kids. Uh, no, no, it's not too oh, personal okay. in that sense. It's, no it's,
1: confessions. It's,
0: no confessions in that end. But I thought when you see the story, I thought I might have confessions uh, why this was happening. So okay. basically 5.30 in the morning, I get the doorbell that rings. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm in a slumber. I, I'm getting up. I'm trying to put pants on. Then I hear Calgary police scream a couple of times. So I'm like, no. Well, the pants i just go downstairs <laughs> in no. my underwear and there's two cops standing at my door uh two calgary police and what had happened is my door was wide open so at night i went out i was on the phone talking to someone came back in didn't close the door forgot to lock it and the door with the wind opened up in the middle of the night so it's like minus 10 i'm in my underwear <laughs> oh, and no. um you know what happens in minus 10 in underwear but i won't go into that <laughs> So I'm talking to the customer and the neighbor who was going to work, saw my door wide open and thought that we had been broken into.
1: Oh my God. Um,
0: But the first thing I think of is I have like the twins sleeping and I'm like, I didn't hear them. No one kidnapped them. And we have a gate upstairs, so they didn't come down. And my five-year-old was in bed, so I knew she was good. So anyways, it it was a
1: little bit of a hassle. freak you right Uh, out. Oh my
0: God. But so, David, my apologies. I needed to share that story with so. audience.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I to want
0: hear. to. I'm really excited about this guest. And I'm pretty excited every week as far as because we have amazing guests. And I think Agreed. when we thought about uh, starting this podcast, we really wanted to bring industry experts and people that have deep expertise in, in multiple ways, especially also in the tech world. So wanted to bring in David Bernstein. David Bernstein is the VP of Partnerships and Industry Relations at Jobsync. If you've never heard of JobSync, you're going to hear about it. But uh, so, David, welcome. Really appreciate having oh, you on the show. Super excited
2: to be here as well. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Shelly. Happy to be nice here. Nice to have
0: you. Where are you located again? You're in California, right?
2: Yeah. Well, if anybody knows the Bay Area, I'm hanging out in a town called Fremont. It's actually it's um, closer to San Jose than it is to yeah. San Francisco. But yeah, looking at 62 degrees on a on a beautiful Thursday afternoon here.
0: And yeah. if anyone, if uh, anyone sees the video, they're going to be like, this guy looks like a guy from California. So,
2: <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Ponytail and all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Plenty. There we go.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, Toppers from my Berkeley days. Yes.
0: <laughs> exactly. David, i um, excited to have you on board and I'd be curious as far as um, you've worked going through your profile. I was really impressed with the companies in our industry that you've worked for. But like everyone else, um, did you fall into the recruitment space? Tell us a little bit about your journey, how you ended up in recruitment.
2: Okay, so don't laugh. (laughs) But I actually, um, so actually, HR uh, and talent acquisition specifically is a second career for me. Um, 26 years ago, I made that change, I'll say. But um, I I actually started my life thinking I wanted to be in the helping profession. I wanted to be a doctor, and then that didn't pan out well. Um, I bombed, <laughs> bombed in calculus and chemistry in college. So, um, like, what am I going to do here? And I went down this route, um, in, in with psychology, and I actually worked in the psychiatric profession for a good number of years. Um, turned 30 years old, and I said to myself, "Holy cow! I have a bachelor's." And I can't do this for life. Uh, I'm going to live on on top ramen. What am I going to do? I can never get married. have a family. So I I looked around and I'm like, okay, um, maybe there's something else I can do that's similar. And I I found my way into an HR job at a small HR tech company (laughs) called PeopleSoft. Um, And there I was, and it was this kind of wild, wild west where we were, you know, the mandate was we're going to use our own product, but that was about it. I mean, we were, I mean, the company was growing rapidly, we were uh, forced to use our own product, it was really version three of PeopleSoft client server. Right? (laughs) No email, no internet, right? I mean, this is dating myself. But um, yeah, we were uh, trying to figure out how to run an HR department leveraging technology, and we were supposed to be the poster child for it. Um, and, And what I what I quickly learned about me was uh, and I should have had this realization sooner in life, but what makes me tick? What I love to do is make things work better. And when I reflected on what was I doing in the hospital settings and in the group homes and right trying to help a person get their life back on track, but um, I didn't go, I didn't, I didn't gravitate to HR to be employee relations. I wasn't looking to kind of be the therapist at work. I, what I found super exciting was there's this new entity there's this new organizational structure th- this thing that could operate even better and what were the tools and ways right the terminology was different from from a hospital setting compared to corporate but um you know so it, it's diagnosing versus you know uh, business process re-engineering and treatment planning the, the word the terminologies are different but the the outcomes are, are are similar and what we um what i found myself doing was gravitating towards positions i came in as a recruiter right and and that's what i was doing right away but then there were all these broken pieces that just needed to be fixed and i just said Mm -hmm. wow what how would i do this what was it right and i leveraged all of my past career and um then i had this additional thing right i had i had this makings of a tech stack right it was a phone it was a fax machine it was sunday newspapers it was a scanner um, and then, of course, our PeopleSoft solution. And it and it was from there that I just ended up kind of driving recruiting, really being a recruiter by uh, half the day and the other half the day, driving em- employer branding and, and experience and our EEO affirmative action. It just it kind of became my new way of again. Boom, there I was and sucked in. <laughs> and Here I am. 26 years later, I like to say uh, when I had a lot more hair, it was a lot less gray. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've fallen into it. I guess I don't know if it was bad karma that I'm working off or what is it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I dig it, yeah.
1: Oh, wow, so, what a story.
2: Yeah, so from psychiatric oh, profession to, uh, right? So the crazy world of HR versus, right?
0: <laughs> and now you've made it big time appearing on the Recruitment Flex show. <laughs> and, and all, I right? never imagined that
2: your career would bring you this far. Never, right? So, I'll be signing autographs later, right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> So now you're Polly a job go. sink
2: and I I'm assuming a lot of our
0: audience doesn't know what job uh-huh. sink is. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, okay. and, and, and just, if you can give me maybe a, a 60 second pitch of what job sync is, and obviously we'll dig in a little bit deeper, but like to get your elevator pitch on, on job sync.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, sure. Um, and And I appreciate that because we're in a category that doesn't occur to most people in HR and TA to think about. It's a buying category uh, called integration, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Automation integration. Um, What we deliver are these configured workflow solutions that make business processes flow by making systems interoperable, right? So there's a a scenario that you need to achieve, but it, it only works well when things flow from one system to another. We, we started as a solution extremely hyper-focused on, uh, on the connection between a tracking system, typically an ATS, mm-hmm. and a job site. Um, and removing friction by putting in the good plumbing between two systems to make a candidate and a recruiter experience really really work for what the, what the transaction's meant to achieve, right? Employers don't spend money just because, right? They, they need candidates. Candidates aren't spending, investing hours of time looking for jobs because it's fun, right? There, there's there's outcomes that both entities are looking to achieve, and when it's when it's choppy and full of challenges, it it doesn't get to the outcomes that both parties are looking for. So, um, what we stumbled upon by by really putting in a seamless, frictionless, um, safe, secure mechanism between two disparate systems um, needed in the tech stack. Was that really? That's a problem pervasive uh, for all for TA teams, right? Yeah. Um, I I I, uh, I not to name drop but We were I was talking with Jerry Crispin recently, and he reminded me that frequently in his member consortium, right there, there's ten plus, fifteen plus systems that his members are using just to get the job done from from you know from high to higher, right? It, it's and, and we've thrown people who we hire to do. The, the important talent work we need to bring people in. We throw people at a job that's whatever human glue, I call it. Right. But, but why, mm-hmm. right. Just mm-hmm. to get the process flows. We don't think about how to, you know, any one of these systems on their own might work well and have an ROI. But when you try to drop 10 of them in a system in, in, in a company and try to then say, yeah, make it work. Right. You get loss of productivity. You don't get, get a gain. And so anyway, uh, that you asked for an elevator pitch, it's probably been a long elevator ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we probably went up fifty floors together there, but yeah, my my, our company's goal is to kind of make t- a talent acquisition work by removing the, uh, the 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 friction that causes people to not focus on business work. Yeah.
1: So I love I love I, I immediately understood what it was you did when you said yeah. it was good plumbing.
2: Good plumbing, yes. You get good it outcomes is. when you have good plumbing, like, right?
1: Yes, and so um, it's a wonderful analogy because that's what. Yeah. I, I mean, get it. I totally so Shelley, get like what when you, you, do.
2: you go to your sink in the kitchen, you can turn on the faucet, you can get water, but will it be at the pressure and the temperature? And how long does it take to get to be warm? Eventually, you can get an outcome that you that you want, but do you get the? Do you get instant hot? Do you get it right? Yeah. So good plumbing gets better outcomes, right?
1: Yes. So. You know, we think about, um, candidates making their way to an applicant tracking system. And I I know Serge and I have talked about this a lot. Like there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of technology out there when, you know, call it an ATS, take away the brand name, but ATS generally, um, it, it tends to put fear in the hearts of candidates, um. I think, um, and again, I'm not naming names, but I think about some of those really cumbersome processes where, you know, candidates get to the ATS and they're like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not doing this, right? (laughs) Like, how many times do you have to be dragged through some gruesome process to apply for a job? I'm interested in the job. I'm interested in the company, but I get to the ATS and I'm like, fuck, no. Like, I am not, I am not going through this.
2: Tapping out, right? Yep,
1: yep. So- I mean, I have an opinion on why conversions are so low. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like when they get to the website, like I—I I mean, it's it's just what I think. Why why the conversion rate drops to one percent or something?
2: Let me. Let what me are me your thoughts? With, yeah. <laughs> so here's an example, right? I've got one customer who showed me they have a thirteen-page PDF. That they make available for a candidate to download mm. to read that teaches them how to do an application
1: how's that right? working for them
2: <laughs> it, it would be analogous to saying to go you have to buy a book to learn how to buy a book on an amazon right what what if that were the process right right so that's you know that and what if you had to also then also uh provide all sorts of irrelevant data to be able to buy that book, right? You need to know your blood type and whatever else. What, what, what kind of questions, if you really just are focused on understanding yeah. the principles of digital marketing, right? Mm-hmm. We've got we've got two places. You've got a marketplace where the talent supply lives, right? And then you've got a tracking system that ultimately has to end up into in mm-hmm. that one particular use case we're supporting. And w- the, the mechanisms on both sides are just clunky, Right, they're not they're not designed for what really the experience is meant to drive, which is interested leads that you know are qualified, affordable, and available. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it's so, really that straightforward, and the and the process flow doesn't work well to make that outcome happen.
1: Well, so on the absolute other extreme, you've got three click apply. Like, is that the answer? Because then you know the the like I understand um, you know the the. Candidate repellent called ten pages of how to apply
2: repellent, yes yeah the, the fatigue and, factor yeah
1: uh-huh. yes and now on the flip side you've got like Indeed apply LinkedIn apply where it is effortless right some uh, I I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on you know somewhere the extremes I mean you know my feeling is you kind of I don't know if it's like a zero effort. To apply, like what behavior are we driving? Share with me your thoughts on that.
2: So there's something there, right? When you when you're on Amazon or at eBay, they don't transfer you to a seller site where you're asked to re-enter your shipping information and in your credit card, right? Fair the things, right? So yeah. why should you have to do that, right? But the experience, if you're you know, if you're I don't know, the, 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 the buying experience for each job can be unique, and there's going to be different requirements. I, I think, you know, I, the mistake, well, let me, I'll say it this way. Um, when it, when the internet was born, for those of us that remember, right, for the OCC, right, <laughs> that are Center, and when and Monster, and all, and they, right, the only way you could apply was at the job site. Yeah. It was simple, right, and as a recruiter, you were super happy when you could, get one application equaled one email and it was one attachment in every email and and everything. But those days are gone, right? Opening up, getting a hundred emails is not a value add anymore either. That was a transitional moment of shifting from, you know, from paper resumes and snail mail to to a digital experience. But um, this process flow, you know, the the job sites lost control of the apply process when the, when the cloud-based ATSs came in, especially here in the U.S., but there was this kind of, oh, we got to track everybody. And then there was this kind of belief you got to create an account. Um, and then you've got this, you know, oh, Lord. so the internet started to boom.
1: And then remember these... the passwords for every account yes, you just right. opened every up. one
2: of those, right? Um, oh, Lord, and, yes, I remember. Yeah. And then what now? And now you've got these data-intensive transactions that are now shifting to the mobile device. So you got this third- Kind of dimension in there um mm-hmm. so what do you do right if you put too much in the flow you get full dropout. if you get yeah not enough right that, that so indeed and others have gone back to and they've repopularized this easier apply apply at the website mm-hmm. um, but you asked this question what do i think about it i mean as a recruiter when i was recruiting or managing my uh, a teams of recruiters right to me it was always about you got interested and interesting those two factors have to come together and yes. when you have passive candidates, you, you find that they are interesting, but can you draw them and make them to be interested? When you're job boarding, right? You've got active candidates, they are interested, but are, will you find them to be interesting? And what's that process of, of, of ferreting out who's interesting, right? The coin sorting process at the top of the funnel, yeah. you get no data other than here's Shelly, here's her name, here's her email and her phone number, she's interested. Okay, now what? Right. So no what? Friction. Yeah. 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 And what did that do for the candidate? Well, they thought they they applied, but I I don't know. I'd be interested in your opinion, Shelley Serge. But my my take is by having the easy apply, can employers win on the conversion rate, but they lose on the productivity, and ultimately the candidate loses because it creates a bigger black hole than ever before.
1: Thank you, David.
2: Yeah. I okay. am.
1: We didn't rehearse Absolutely this ahead of you. time, right? Do you know, so I get the the what Amazon's done to us as consumers, and that mm-hmm. whole experience of you want the least amount of friction for me to buy something, right. It's not <laughs> the same thing when I'm making a decision about where I want to work, and and so there's, um, you know, the uh, hiring mm-hmm. and getting people hired is a game of quality, right? Right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so. I, and I love the whole interested and interesting because I
0: mean, you said actually,
2: yes, it's so yeah.
1: subtle, but so incredibly true that, you know, to have, um, just the, give me your credit card and here we'll ship it to you. That doesn't, mm. that doesn't translate into changing jobs or what we do for a living and why we want to, why would I go through all this? Yeah. And you're right. It has created, you know, that black hole for candidates. Like, if, uh, and I kind of look at it this way, David if you can apply for a job in three clicks mm-hmm. and that's all the effort it took, what do you expect? Well, like, do well, you really to expect say- to be seriously considered if all you did was, ah, here you go, you know, well, here. It-
0: Eh. I I disagree in some aspects of what you're saying, okay. Shelly. No, come I, I'm on, more, yeah, bring it. I'm more on the fence. That easier to apply, removing the friction is it, it definitely because you you got to think what a passive candidate is. Like to give you an example, Indies traffic. So Indies traffic in Canada is is around. 14 million unique visitors that might've changed from my days. And there's 18 million people in the workforce in that sense. So in reality, you've got like 75% of people going to indeed every month and not all of them are active job seekers. They just want to figure out what's going on. And there's a reason why job boards are extremely busy on a Monday morning is because your boss is an asshole that day. You're like, screw this. I'm going to look at what's on indeed. It doesn't mean you're really serious. You're just serious in the moment. So the ability to take those people and capture them when they're in a position that, well, this job's interesting and they're not thinking about it before and we're ready, but it's like, why not click on it and apply? You might not have had access to that candidate before. The flip side to it, and Shelly, I see you shaking your head because you know (laughs) I'm right. uh, (laughs) No, because
1: I think you're stuck in 2010. 2010, what are you talking about? Are you kidding? Passive candidates? No. No. Sorry, no, David, but, we're going to duke it yeah, out here right yeah, in front please, of you. Yeah, it's like you know, when yeah. your mom and dad fight in front of you. And you're like, <laughs> can you guys just I take your argument when I'm not Well, I, here. I think you're yeah. right. Okay.
0: I think you're getting stuck on passive. And maybe that's the wrong word, but yeah, I'm using a word that's quite relatable. To yeah, that, come on. But No, it's, they're you not are passive. You are... Everyone's active in some ways. Yes. Okay. I'll give you that. You win one point. There you go. <laughs> more casual uh, though. Casual uh, seeking. Versus- exactly. They're more casual yeah. in how they're looking for role and they might click and you would never have had access to that candidate if you hadn't had it really frictionless for them. The flip side to it, and to me, I'm all about removing as much friction as possible when it comes to to applying, I think even three clicks is maybe sometimes too much. And I know you you agree with that. You don't agree with that particular. But where a candidate can get out of the black hole is being really, having a resume, and when I say resume, I mean it in a grand scope of thing, a resume... I hate Indeed's resumes. I hate how it comes into the ATS. It's very standard, has no personality in it at all. But this is where you have to be creative. This is where you create yourself a portfolio of the work you've done. This is where you do things that really make you stand out from the other candidates in that space that you're in as far as because everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's has the one click apply everyone that's applying is probably in the same boat and everyone is just clicking on it but if you can go that extra step
1: yeah okay fair enough you're,
0: you're ahead of the game so i i guess we're kind of on the same page but in reality i'm like don't add more fucking steps i don't want to see be like here enter here's your resume now enter all your information all over
2: again which is still right. not a dead thing it still so, happens so mom dad what if the <laughs> If I get if I try to get in the middle here, um, yeah, yeah, Come on, know, it, makes me, it makes me wonder. And again, not to sound like a politician, but what if there's something that's more the hybrid of, of between, right? Okay. What what's the optimal amount of information that you need from somebody and and leveraging? Yeah, you don't need to ask the candidate the the their name and address and whatever else because resume parsing and profile uh, registration profiles can you know that should ought to be those are table stakes. Yeah, but but I'm imagining. Again, I'm going back to my days when I was a recruiter, right, if, if I'm just getting that there's this person named Shelly, and now I have her contact information and, and for this particular job, but um, I think of it like kissing a lot of frogs to find your prince and princesses. Do I, do I have to, if I have to pick up the phone and find out has she coded in job in the last three months or not, right, that's not going to necessarily be on her resume right? Maybe, maybe not. And to your point, Serge, maybe it is. Maybe someone's smart enough to say when they last coded on a on a, on a key technology. But I don't know. I, I think if there were a way to capture just enough, does that make sense? Yeah. Right?
0: What is just enough though? Like in in that sense, as being on a recruiter side, well, what I need as a
2: recruiter so is... what? Else? Yeah. So I'm seeing customers doing interesting things. They'll have an ATS with... Tr- Two hundred and fifty questions—that—that horrible thing you were saying before, Shelly, right? But what they're portraying on, let's say, on Indeed are, are five. They're taking right. five key questions at the front end and making that kind of the the, the DQs, right? The screeners, so, as 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 we think of Indeed kind of popularizing that that phrasing in, right? Screeners as if they invented it, but, um, <laughs> but but capturing just enough. Anyway, food for thought. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Serge. Yeah, what, what do you think?
0: No, I think you made a really good point, And you've made me rethink a little bit um, what I'm saying, because you because one of the thing is, is I want access to that candidate that maybe I couldn't have gone. Uh, so if the process was uh, had a lot of friction, but the flip side to it is I'm pretty tired of going through hundreds of resumes coming from these sites that uh, the great majority are not qualified so those screener questions or whatever you want to call it sometimes they have a really good impact when you're looking for a particular skill set so i'm on the same page let me segue a little bit though um another element and we've been talking about this is is on automation and automation is something that i hear all the time when we're talking about every recruitment influencer and every they're talking about automation and I can guarantee you that most of our audience listening right now has heard of automation and recruitment, but has no clue what that means. Is that chat bots? Is it, is it automating your process and how that looks like? So like, I I like to, you're a very knowledgeable guy. I like you to put yourself in the shoes of um, say a talent acquisition manager, director, or VP, Mm -hmm. and you're looking at automation. Where would you start when you're looking at, automating recruitment as much as you can. And I just want to be clear, we should never automate the relationships with our candidates and our hiring managers, but the rest to me is all tape is all fair game as far Hallelujah. as.
2: Automation. Hallelujah. Yes. The, the, what did we hire recruiters for? Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so look, the, I, I think that there's some underlying things behind the, the question. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll kind of half step backward, but yeah, um, I talk a lot about um, mindset, skill set, and tool set as a framework to operate from. Um, tool set obviously is the third item. On by design, it is meant to be. We unfortunately, I think, many in HR, we get caught up in. We know we're overworked on doing things we shouldn't have to do, and so we jump to all these shiny silver objects. But that, but, I think when you talk about automation, it's it's an intentional thought process about where are you stuck on non value added business work. um, And you want to intentionally up your game, change your skills, up your skills to do something different. And as a result, you want to put in a tool to then think about to take care of what you used to have to do as humans, right? We used to have Shovels until we got tractors, right? But before that, we had sticks. Before we had shovels, right? We're always as in the pursuit as humans to try to leverage something to do the work better. But then, what do we do different um, when we don't have to do, right? When we have a tractor now instead of a shovel, what what do we do now with that with our time? Um, but flipping the script in 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 all of HR, I think the problem not just in talent acquisition but HR. technology purchases meant to address automation tend to be thought of as a cost. And when you're thinking about automation, you're thinking more about making an investment and, and making a, a spend on something that will have an ROI that has a defined payback and value because you, you will save money and you will be able to achieve business outcomes, which is right. We in recruiting are meant to help a company meet its talent needs, right? That's it's so straightforward. And yet we get lost in, in the day to day, one one more piece on this before I kind of let me let you may uh, kind of chime in on this, but I have never, and and people have heard me talk will, will hear me say I've said this story before, but I've never met a recruiter who wakes up every day, rubs their hand together in glee and says I'm going to give my candidates a horrible experience. Said no one ever, right? It, it a poor candidate experience comes from an overworked team that are too focused on tasks. So, where do you start? How do you think about automation? What's the number one thing? If you could only spend a, a dollar, as we'd say, what's the biggest area of pain that's preventing you from? I'll go back to your word, Search. You, you talked about relationship building is the fundamental crux of what we do in recruiting, right? What's impeding your ability to build and maintain relationships?
1: Yeah.
2: Boom. I, I, again, I. I um, there are some kind of guiding principles. I can rattle a few off if you'd like. Um, you know, frequent repetitive tasks that are often that can be scheduled, great for automation, right? Low value must do work um, that you know prevents you from getting your other work done. We've been saying something that's very rules based, right? All you know, th- those are just some off the top of my head some examples of how to think about what what's the right kind of thing to automate. But thinking about what kind of gets in the way in your day in an eight-hour day, haha, eight hours, right? But what, what's what's stopping you from spending the preponderance of your day on the relationship-building tasks, right? So I don't know. Anyway, that's a long monologue. <laughs> no, I I, I think so you. It what would you
1: think it is, Serge? Like, what's the one what's the one thing that you wish you didn't have to do?
0: Well, I, I think you mentioned a lot of things are repetitive in the sense that right. you try to eliminate. But the one, one, one thing, uh, and that is the most frustrating thing, and and I know for my team and teams I manage, is, is scheduling interviews. Scheduling interviews is the most painful thing to do in recruitment, uh, in my opinion, because you, you're basically coordinating two people. You're, you're now. It's
1: no value add. No, yeah. basically.
0: It's yeah. no value add in that sense. yeah, It's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not time spending. You're you're basically coordinating it, and there's nothing like it has to happen. But these are the type of tasks, in my mind, you should be looking at how you automate this uh, as in many ways as possible. So,
2: yeah, you saw my in- resume right on my profile. I mean that I worked at a at a chatbot, the digital assistant company. Yeah. I can tell you of all the sexy things we were marketing. The number one use case that sold was exactly what you just said, Serge. And you know what was number two? Was the was the nudge. So hey Serge, today's your interview. Will you be coming? Right? So Uh, first uh, getting uh, it scheduled, and number two is the nudge. Right? So absolutely perfect for a digital assistant, for example.
0: Well, you mentioned, like, I think that's a really good point because, and I know Canada and US is a little bit different here. The rate of ghosting in the US for people showing up to interviews, this is before COVID, but site interviews Mm -hmm. was shockingly high of how many people didn't show up to interviews (laughs) and looking at companies, what they did in automating exactly your point, hey, your interviews today, and even sending a text message, they Uh saw the engagement rate go dramatically up in that end. So
2: absolutely,
0: I think you're bang on you, Shelley. What do you think? Is there anything in, in your world that you would like to see automate?
1: Well, do you know, I, I think you we've always struggled with this in recruitment is, you know, to be able to quantify somebody's experience uh, because we can read resumes. And I agree, like when um, the Indeed resume, I, I know what it was intended to do. Mm-hmm was to because uh, some way to look at data in in a grander scale uh, but what it did was cause blindness in recruiters like holy smokes
2: wait wait, yeah say more well Maybe. if
1: you had yeah if you had to read um 100 resumes that come through the indeed apply mm-hmm. that are all in the same font with no personality and you have to read through all those like you get to resume number 30 and you're exhausted, like you, yeah. you absolutely, you know, as humans on the receiving end. So if there were a way to somehow, because I don't trust the system when they try and rank and score, I don't trust that the candidate, some of the best candidates, didn't even answer the pre-screen questions. I'm still going to look at them because I don't trust the system. I don't. Right.
0: Sure.
1: So um, if there was one thing I well, would well, the solution
0: the to this. So if we think about and we've had this discussion about skill, skill testing, and I think as we're way we're going into a skill based economy where day to day tasks of like, hey, can you code in this particular language and how good are you at coding in is going to be, I think, table stakes as far as because all the, the other skills as far as communication uh, relation to soft skills are the ones that you'll be looking at interviews. So I want to look at a resume and I want a clear definition or maybe I'm saying a resume, but it can be in any type of how I get it is profile, right. a type of exactly profile. Uh, I want to know, is this guy, can he do the job that I'm looking for into a hire when it comes to the technical aspects, I'll figure out the rest. But the technical aspects, I need to know almost right from the start before I spend any time. Right. And we're seeing that with roles in tech and creative. Right. Uh, it's becoming way more common, so, even though it's kind of taking a step back. Like testing used to be massive, and a lot of companies went away for it for a long time in that sense. But how about let's we're almost running out of time. So I want to oh, move sorry. to because uh, I was to I just wanted subject. to one, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I one last there.
1: piece in terms of automating. And I think it's the biggest missed opportunity that, that LinkedIn has ever had. And that was um, endorsements. If, if I had an endorsement, say 99 people endorse me for coding in a certain language, not only do you know, I can do it, but people who told, who said that they endorse me for it, they do that for a living. So what a waste of data and what a waste of, having a weight, I was so excited when they announced it, because I saw the potential of solving problems in every job family, engineering, um, tech, nursing, all of them recruiting HR, because if I've got more than 100 people who do this line of work, say that I'm good at it. um, Hello, what do we need skill testing for? Like, I may be I may be, um, I, so I've been a recruiter for 10 years. It doesn't mean I'm any fucking good, right? I just make a living at it. I barely get yeah. by on it. The difference of being endorsed by my peers who, I mean, there's, there's the milk and the cream. What a missed opportunity.
0: Well, and when did, say. when did LinkedIn release that? Like 2009? 2010, 2011. 2010, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's just like, it looks like spam in a sense. I don't even pay attention what a missed to missed opportunity! Like,
1: anyways, sorry, that's, I'll step off my soapbox. Let's talk <laughs> to David again.
0: Well, let's actually, so while we're thinking about uh, LinkedIn, I want to bring in a, a LinkedIn subject here. So okay. if we look at it, the future of work is, is really been changing for a long time. And I guess the future of work always changes, but I guess this iteration of how it's changing and we're really seeing a lot more skill-based hiring. We're seeing the gig workforce, contingent workforce, really taking a bigger place in the in the world of work. And if we look at Upwork, uh, at TopTel, these are all been players. And I thought it was really interesting that LinkedIn is, is launching a marketplace to really compete against the Upwork and the Fivers and the TopTels and all these different players. And, I think they'll they're going to dominate from day one because everyone's already on LinkedIn in a sense. So, what's your thoughts on uh, on basically LinkedIn coming out with marketplace
2: for for the gig workforce? You know, I, I tend to agree with you, Serge. I think that they have um, it's a natural evolution from where they are, and they have. Um, I think the the thing that, I'll say it this way: for for if I go back to what, what, why would I want to be a gig worker, right? It's a, for me, it would be about wanting to have more control in my life, control on my assignments, control on my schedule, control on where I work, right? So being that level of control, um, and I'm not feeling, right, uh, what, what the amount of hours I want to work, all of that kind of boils down to control. But one of the things that you lose as a gig worker, right, is that you lose your employer investing in your education and your training right? Yeah. So gig workers are now suddenly responsible for themselves, right? And you certainly get a lot of, oh, you know, uh, on the job, OTJ kind of experience, yeah. which, you know, but what, you know, LinkedIn has really made plays into other things, right? With Linda and other, right? Just to So you have the access that they've got the database, they've got the way to figure out, you know, and, and they can now E-commerce market, you you know classes. It might be really good for you to think about next, right? Or you can quickly say, "I'm now this," but I really, you know, what's the next thing? It's all in there. In the certainly, you can go to Udemy and and others, uh, right? Coursera, but they've got you. You're on LinkedIn, right? So that they haven't they have an advantage. I think that yeah, it'd be interesting. It's theirs to lose. I think maybe in some regard, right?
0: I think you're right. I think it's completely for them to lose uh like if they really want to take this seriously and we've seen it's so i've worked with upwork i've worked with fiverr and i've i've been in top tell, i've been in their systems and i think there's so many areas of improvement that um linkedin by just making some adjustments can can grab the market in itself but then you take the linkedin brand then you've got a massive brand that uh, is well recognized. Plus everyone's already on it. You've already got a captured audience, like exactly how you describe, like if they fuck it up as no one's fault, but theirs, because uh, they should
2: be able to dominate this market really, really yeah. quickly. And, and it's a little bit off topic, but you, you know what they did on the other side with the Microsoft, you know, acquisition, right? When you're writing your resume in word, right. Yeah. It makes a connection out to LinkedIn and it starts pulling in suggestions on how you can think about building a good resume based on the knowledge graph of, you know how many billions of people on LinkedIn. It's it, it, it's clever, right? It, it certainly creates a place where uh, you know you'd want to go, right? <laughs> you could feel like you'd be you get something of value there. So um, yeah, it'd be. I, I suspect that they'll eat a lot of market share pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how big Upwork is, and in, in that sense, but. Hey David it's been amazing having mm-hmm. you on the show. I think oh, your insights have been incredible. Um thank you. Yeah.
1: So uh, on that note David, yeah. if our listeners want to learn more about JobSync. Oh,
2: um
1: how do sure. they find you?
2: Where well, do they like how yeah. or
1: can they reach sure. out to you?
2: Absolutely. What's um, the best
1: way to to understand more about yeah. JobSync?
2: Um so jobsync.io is one place oh, and if you sign up, okay. Yeah, we're a dot .io company if okay. you um you sign up there it actually ties to my calendar so that's you'll, you'll get directly to me but i'm on linkedin david Seth bernstein is my uh my profile name um you can email me d at jobsync.io but yeah i'd love to you know and i'm big on networking so whether or not you're interested in, in the product and just but you just want to talk and learn more about these ideas um i, I think as i uh, i've said a couple times um in in the past couple of weeks here i've been You know, we're we're in a category that most HR teams and TA teams are not thinking about as a buying uh, category. Yeah. Don't they don't realize that there's, um, there there's a phrase in psychology. I'll go back to my my prior life. Right, it's called learned helplessness, where you're in a bad situation and you learn to cope with it versus finding a way out. And uh, I think that there's a lot of parallels here where we've kind of learned and had to make do and we don't get enough resources or money or whatever it is, but we've kind of made do with this overwhelmed recruiter work that interferes with our ability to be the value add talent advisors and all these other things that we could be. Um, but anyway, so, so being, you know, back to Sir, you were asking about, you know, being intentional about automating and thinking about how you be the recruiter that you want to be. And um, yeah, I'm happy to have those conversations all day long, whether or not you're going to think the job sync platform is for you or not has no no matter reach out to me let's talk
1: that is a great offer thank you david
0: yeah and and you know what i love about recruitment our community especially in the last couple of years across the world has grown so rapidly and we're all helping each other in that sense and and taking advantage of, of meeting someone like david like if you were a practitioner listening um I think there's a lot of benefits of reaching out to people and other people we've had on the show as well to get their insights because we're we are living sometimes in our own little bubble and um, that's not a way for us to improve. So, David, I, I appreciate you offering yeah. that as far as people reaching out, and I My really fun. appreciate you having the show. So, um, well, have excited. a great California
2: <laughs> afternoon. Um, yes, pleasure. yeah, I'm super. Wish I was there. Yeah, well, <laughs> and thank you again. I appreciate thank it. Thank
1: you so much, David. Have a great day.
2: All right. Take care.